Welcome to the 10th episode of All Things Crypto, an Elk Finance podcast. I'm Shiloh, also known as LT Snake Pliskin. And I am Fareed. So today we're discussing Omforks, otherwise known as free-floating reserve currencies. If you're unfamiliar with that, Olympus DAO is an example. Please keep in mind... We are not financial advisors, and this is not a financial advice. If you're looking for financial advice, please find a licensed advisor in your area. Our mission is here to inform you about the crypto world, and we are not providing any advice here. Right. So going forward from that, um, let's discuss a little bit about ohms. Absolutely. Before that, I should say that the tenth episode, holy, yeah, it's right, been a long ten? journey. Yeah, that ten is one higher than nine. Is it? Yeah, that's some math for you. You Throw, know your math. You can take that as advice. Absolutely. <laughs> so let's let's uh, go at it. What is an O fork? You know, what the heck is O, and what the heck is fork? Right. Yeah, so, I mean, I know it sounds like one thing has to do with electricity, and the other is something you eat with. <laughs> That's right. That's right, yeah. It's just like a kid put that name together. I call it <laughs> Fricket. That's Fire. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, an OM fork, O-H-M, is the token name, the token symbol, for Olympus D-A-O. Now, you might have heard of them, you might have not. They They really quickly climbed the the market cap ch- uh, charts and uh, are kind of up there now. So they're uh, kind of a unique type of uh, cryptocurrency just because of how they work. Um, now, when, when we say fork, uh, we mean something that is cloned from something else. Basically, with any cryptocurrency, you can take uh, that what's called a smart contract, which which we, we've kind of discussed before, especially in our first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can actually see all that code on the blockchain, on using a blockchain explorer. Like a, a great, great example would be Etherscan. Uh, so using etherscan.io, um, for example, you could uh, go to the code section of any token uh, using the contract address and see the contract and copy it uh, and just launch your own if you want. Uh, with some modifications, or even not. It actually doesn't matter. Um, so so that's what's happened. Uh, a lot of Olympus DAO clones. Now, uh, Olympus launched uh, on the Ethereum network in February 2021. And they kind of had a unique idea. So what what if each token that was created was actually backed by one stablecoin? And in that case, it was DAI, DAI. Um, now, they want it to kind of hold its purchasing power regardless of how volatile the market is. No matter what, the idea was it was going to be backed. Now, where it differs from something uh, like a stablecoin is they actually don't uh, bring it back down really when uh, it when it goes above the value of, let's say, a dollar. They just let it kind of keep going. Um, now, that's where the name, like, free-floating reserve currency. It's up to the market as uh, as to where that currency floats when above that dollar mark. Um, 
And and so Olympus Dow, uh, after they launched, uh, they became really successful. They it really climbed the charts, especially through the bull market in in early 2021. So of course we've got a lot of different projects that took that code and used it, um, and and moved it off the Ethereum network. Mm-hmm. Right. So we've got some of these uh, these forks that are present on chains uh, with cheaper gas, which I'm a bigger fan of. Um, like if you look at, uh, you know, Phantom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so a little bit of a pun there. They're on the Phantom network um, and that's Phantom as an OHM. Uh, so they're on there. Uh, it's cheaper for gas to do transactions, those sort of things. And uh, they changed up the formula a bit, but it's basically the same thing. Uh, another one that's uh, that's going to be launching, for example, is uh, Stag. And uh, they're going to be building uh, a free-floating reserve currency on top of, you know, liquidity uh, in the Elk Dex. Um, so... That that's going to be pretty cool because I, I, the mission there is to provide uh, um, more uh, more of a reserve for uh, elk tokens uh, so that people can buy larger amounts. Uh, that that way, kind of encouraging you know more big buy activity uh, because that's one thing uh, elk has kind of you know struggled with at least this in twenty twenty one is uh, is having. We're pretty small, so having that ability for people to buy a large amount, uh, which I think will help with our, our cross-chain function. So anyway, yeah, that's kind of what, uh, in basic terms, an ohm fork is. If you're still confused, don't worry. We're going to get uh, really into how these work. Yeah, that is fascinating. So the DAO, D-A-O, what, what is that, and how does that relate to all? Right, so when Olympus DAO, D-A-O, launched... Um, they, uh, they launched as a decentralized autonomous organization. And honestly, I think, uh, DAOs are actually worth their own episode, uh, in the future. So the idea is, uh, anyone who basically stakes their own, uh, their own token in the protocol, uh, can, can take that staked, you, you basically get, uh, another token to represent your staked ohm. So it'd be called, let's say, S-ohm. So mm-hmm. S-O-H-M. And then again, you can take that, wrap it again, stake it again for G-ohm, G-O-H-M, which is their governance governance token. And long, long explanation, simple, really. You, you can get ohm, and the more... Of this, you you wrap and hold, uh, you get a vote. And the vote and the impact is dependent on how much you have. That's your voting power. Think of a traditional uh, board of directors uh, and some shareholders where, uh, you know, somebody with uh, 51% of the company could, you know, basically pass any motion. But that is kind of interesting, though, you know, because when you said autonomous, I had the impression that it is controlled by a protocol and nobody can mess with that. But now it is kind of interesting that you're saying that, you know, if I have more, I can have more voting power. Right. And so I, I oversimplified it by saying 51 uh, percent. Different protocols uh, and different DAOs 
uh, will work differently. So you might actually, certain proposals uh, might require 75% agreeance. Mm -hmm. So 75% of the, the token holders who vote on the, the proposal might have to vote yes for something to pass, let's say. Um, so that prevent, prevents, you know, everybody, um, you know, ganging up and, and making a choice. And of course, um, you could you could submit, uh, you, you wouldn't necessarily be able to submit any proposal you want and have it voted on, right? Of course, it would have to make sense and, and be logical and, and uh, you know, have some community support to even get up there. So uh, to kind of weed out some nefarious actors. Um but and, that would be very interesting to see how it's going to play out, though, you know, mm. because these are really relatively new concepts. Yes. And are we at major decision points? I don't know personally, but I think, you know what, that could potentially become uh, the point of uh, weakness in the future. You never know. Yeah. Um, so, so, I mean, I, I think it's all in it's how it's played and, and having an informed investor is going to be your, your best weapon uh, against uh, those bad decisions, too. Fair enough. Right? So generally people who the idea is if they hold more of the token, they're going to want to know more about it and they're going to be more willing to invest in things that are beneficial for the protocol. Fair enough. Um, right? So, uh, and of course, even the little guy gets a say. And if a lot of little guys, you know, yeah. vote um, and and connect their wallet and, and sign the transaction to vote, uh, they, uh, you know they can make a big difference so that's true yeah, yeah it's it has quite a bit of similarity with the way we are governing the companies in these days so yeah i see your point yeah the other question i have uh Shiloh, is how do you create return on these investments yeah so with an ohm fork uh and with ohm itself olympus dow itself uh you the the there's basically two routes to kind of um you know, make make a profit, and and those main things are uh, staking and bonding. Now, with staking, the idea is that uh, that you you take your token and you just like we've talked about in previous episodes, and you put it in a pool, and all of the tokens in a pool get a certain uh, APR. Okay, which which means they they basically get more of the token. Uh, that has not yet been um, that that gets minted and given to them, so it's created. Mm -hmm. Now the difference with Ohm forks here, uh, these these uh, free floating reserve currencies, is they don't have uh, a cap on tokens. Like for example, if we look at Elk, there's a forty two million token cap. Now these these Ohm tokens are always uh, inflationary means they can be minted forever and of course the rate at which they're minted is controlled by a smart contract so somebody can't go in there and just mint all of them and unless they find it some sort of exploit but uh usually you know these are audited and and, and the ones that make it are, are audited and uh and kind of we see it that way so staking uh happens and and the craziest part is if you go look on some of these staking sites, what you're going to see is, um, is is these insane APRs. Yeah, they are. It, it's really hard to believe that they can be that high. Yeah. Some of them are talking about hundreds of thousands of percent per year. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that is uh, that is the kind of uh, 
that that too good to be true point. And and when we look at those large ROIs, return on investment uh, percents, those AP APRs, um, they're so high uh, because your return is actually not based on how much money or how many stable coins you invested into the project. They're actually uh, based on how much of the token you're going to earn. And that is a really good point, you know, because all of us, we typically think about the dollars or tokens, but that is a very interesting and important distinction, actually. Yes, absolutely. So, um, so like, I mean, of course, a lot of them have this uh, kind of, you know, uh, this crystal ball kind of feature where you can go on there and it shows you, uh, you know, if the token stayed at this same price, how much money you'd have after three months. And it's ridiculous. Like, like it's, it's such a gimmick. <laughs> it is. It is like, I don't know, massive exponential crazy number. And in the first glance, you're just like, yeah, you know what? If I put uh, my tokens here, maybe I don't need to work for the rest of my life anymore. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so so the idea there is a little tricky, but what's happened is a lot of people kind of know this about ohms and they and they look at that and they're like, oh, yeah, that's an ohm fork. They do this. Um, but I mean, it, it right away seems too good to be true. And and to some degree, it is unless <laughs> unless it grows forever at the same rate. It should be ever-expanding <laughs> system. But yes. at the same time, it's kind of interesting, you know, because when you're looking at bigger ones, such as Olympus mm -hmm. uh, versus the smaller ones, yes. you can totally see that the rate of return for the bigger ones is kind of started going down quite a bit. Right. To be exact, it's like three order of magnitude or two order of magnitude. Yes. So you can totally see that, actually. Yeah, and if you look at, like, Olympus Dow, for example, and the returns uh, there are maybe, what, a thousand percent last time i looked two thousand percent something like that which sounds crazy um still no yeah. um not not necessarily you know but but then if you look at something like phantom uh that was like three hundred seventy nine thousand yeah, no, percent it was five hundred thousand oh man <laughs> so so like it's, it's hard to say that that's going to be uh you know sustainable right i would love to say that to my dad <laughs> Dad, I'm making 500,000% per year. Yes, yeah. I think he's going to just laugh at me. Right. If you make 500,000% of the token, yeah, you can earn all the token you want, but if it's you know ends up not being worth anything, you yeah. have a lot of tokens that aren't worth anything. That's true. 100% of nothing is still nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot. We are not saying it's yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, the thing is, though, a lot of people have made a lot of, lot of you know, profit off of these um you know, these own forks. So, you know, I think it's worth looking at, worth knowing about, and always do your own research. Listen to this podcast, read some articles. We're going to have a Medium article coming out about uh, ohms and uh, specifically stag. And, uh, you know, getting getting in at the right time uh, and being responsible and not getting greedy are going to be very important mm -hmm. here. Um, now that's staking. So staking with those high percentage APRs, that's how that works. Now, okay. the second way you can create a return on your investment is, um, is bonds. Okay. Now with bonds, it works a little bit differently. So bonds are how the, the reserve currency, um, quote unquote backs, 
uh, its treasury. Now, it's it's kind of uh, interesting because uh, the treasury does hold value, so there is technical available backing for uh, for these tokens, and you can actually look on on whatever project site, and and if they're legitimate, you can uh, you know you look and see about how much backing there is uh, for each uh, token created. Now, are they going to use that uh, to to liquefy those things in the treasury in order to um, you know catch the price up? Probably not. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but uh, you can see that those things, those do exist. So you can uh, what a bond is here back to that is a certain asset that is accepted by the Treasury. OK, now bonds can can come in a few different forms. Now, originally, when Olympus Dow started, they only took die, which is a U.S. stable coin. So you could uh, you could buy it on the open market on, let's say, Uniswap. Mm-hmm. Or you could go in and buy it with uh, Dai and receive your uh, OHM over time, uh, maybe five days or so, and, and on a linear scale. Um, but you'd get maybe a um, five or ten percent discount with a bond. So, okay. uh, of course, then this began to evolve, and because uh, you you can actually trade liquidity pool tokens now if you want to know what those are uh, head back to our uh, episode on liquidity Um, but basically quick summary when you um, provide uh, two tokens to a you know decentralized exchange uh, people borrow those and trade between them when they buy and sell and you get a percentage of the return usually 0.25 percent of each transaction between that pair Mm -hmm. now so if I uh, if I make let's say elk and uh, die uh, liquidity, I put those both in the pool, lend them for people. Um, let's say let's use stag as an example. Would probably take uh, elk die LP. Now when I put that elk and die in the liquidity pool, I get a receipt, and those receipt tokens are what are called LP tokens, and it keeps helps keep track of uh, how much you have lent. To the pool, mm-hmm. just like if I stake with uh, one of these ohms, uh, I get uh, you know s ohm, you know to uh, to keep in my wallet, and it keeps track of how much actual ohm I've got staked. And uh, same thing with LP, uh, I've got elk and die LP. Uh, and now the thing is with these bonds, I can actually sell my elk die LP to. Uh, let's say when Stag comes out, I can I can sell it to Stag, and I can get uh, a a discount, maybe a five percent, ten percent discount, okay. uh, and, and by uh, giving them my LP, uh, so I can actually get more um, more of the own, okay. or in that case, Stag. Uh, now the tricky part here is it's it's kind of up to you to do your own research and know a little bit about the market, okay. Um, but th- do you mind if I stop you here yeah, and ask yeah, yeah. a question? Why would you I buy a bond versus a stake? Right. So that's important. That's a good question. Because uh, when you buy with a bond versus going to buy uh, the, the token right on an open DEX, uh, the biggest thing for me here is a bond has 
uh, no price impact. Now, so you know price impact, that is when you buy a large amount of something. What that's going to do is it automatically uh, creates buy pressure when you buy something or sell pressure when you sell it. That's right. So if I buy too much uh, compared to the amount of liquidity uh, available, there's not as much to buy. It, it gets more scarce. So it goes up in price in the pool, right? If I just buy it on, uh, let's say, the Elk decks, right? Uh, and, you know, let's say there's $1,000 of dye and $1,000 worth of elk, and I want to buy $500 worth of, you know, this, uh, this elk with, with my dye, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a huge price impact. That's right. Because I'm t I would be taking half of the pool and it's got to make adjustments. So you're telling me that in the case of a bond is a pre-allocated number which has really nothing to do with the liquidity pool we have. Exactly. So as a result, you can't really change the basically price by a big purchase. Exactly. And you get it at a discount. Okay. And the funny thing here with a bond is it works the way uh, the opposite way you would think. You'd think if a bunch of people were buying this stuff with bonds, that it would uh, be less and less of a discount, right? Yeah. When, when, when more people are doing it, you get less. That's the right. The funny thing is with these, the more people who are using bonds to buy the currency, the bigger the discount. That's right. Which is funny because so so uh, if we all buy with, uh, you know, elk, we buy stag with elk die LP, and mm -hmm. we all start doing that. There's actually going to be, be a bigger discount, uh, you know, on stag when buying with, you know, elk die LP, um, which is going to be kind of interesting. So the idea is, right, you, you're going to you're going to buy that. You're going to get that discount. Uh, but the thing is, you get uh, that token over a specific period of time. It's what's called vested. OK, so you get a certain percentage every uh equal um that's kind of distributed to you to claim over five days mm -hmm. um so after five days you can claim that whole amount that you bought so the risk here with a bond is you're hoping that the token doesn't decrease in value for more than you got the discount for Correct. if that makes sense right yeah the worst case you break even exactly so you're hoping that, and as it unlocks, so, you know, it, it's it's based on time. So as it unlocks, you can claim a little more, claim a little more, and you can stake that amount in in the, the staking, uh, just like we had kind of talked about before. So you're hoping by doing that, uh, having bought with bonds and staking what does come out, um, you have to take a really active role in doing it. That's right. Um, but it allows you a little bit greater control um, but you have to pay attention. Um, so, so ideally this can be profitable if the right conditions are met. Absolutely. That is really fascinating because in the first glance, it's just like, you should be out of your mind to buy bonds because mm -hmm. the APYs are massive on right. the staking side. Right. But I totally see the point here. Yes. There is another thing which when you go to the websites of, uh, uh for instance, Olympus, you see is the rebasing yeah. concept. Would you mind going through that and telling us what that means? Right, so the, the rebase basically means uh, a dis distribution of tokens. So instead of, uh, like we talked about vesting earlier, right? When I give a bond, I just get equal amounts of the token until I've got it all. 
the funny thing is with rebasing, um, it'll be a set time where in a lump sum you get uh, a certain percentage. Uh, so let's say I stake. Uh, is it hours? Is it days? Yeah, is it hours? Yes. Yeah. So, so sometimes a lot of them, you know, seven hours or something. Every seven hours, there's a rebase, let's say. And so that means everybody in that pool uh, through that time gets, you know, uh, 0.6% of their entire investment in tokens, mm-hmm. right? So that compounds. It, it, it really compounds. So you can see where... Uh, those huge APYs come in. Like, okay. 560,000. Yeah, because you're getting 0.6 extra of your investment every seven hours. And uh, it doesn't, you don't have to re put it in yourself. It auto compounds when you're staked. So that is really impressive, you know, because I don't know, uh, three times, depends on uh, rebasing, but three times a day, four times a day, mm-hmm. depends on the day. 365 days it's just like you can totally yeah. see it just like peaks exponential goes up really quickly yes uh, but the question comes up and I, th- I you touched on it but i think i have to ask that question for more clarification so i understand that you know what we have this compounding there but is that too good to be true yeah well i mean you know the old saying right if uh if something seems too good to be true, it probably is. And are these APRs, APYs, ROIs, uh, return on investments, are they are they sustainable? No way. Like, no. But it, it, it should be said that these still can be profitable if played right. They're they're very risky. Absolutely. We're talking about crypto. You know, very, very little is safe here. Um, So the idea isn't that you're going to make 560,000% a year. Like if you go into it with that, um, please, please don't actually just like you're banned from crypto. No more for you Um, because greed will get you. But the idea here is is investing at the right time so that you can keep ahead of the inflation of the token. So you're not going to be expecting 560,000% uh, APYs. It might be reasonable to say, hey, maybe I'll double my investment, right, uh, in terms of a dollar value. Um, because you can't, this can't go on forever. It's going to get infinitely more expensive. And and as we know, we look at Olympus now, it's a little further ahead than these smaller ohm forks. And what we see is the rewards do tend to reduce and it becomes a little bit more sustainable. Um, so... You know, and that's that's that only came out in February, so it's not even a year old. Um, but but and remember that those APYs, those ROIs, those APRs are all based on the amount of token you will have, not how much the token is worth. And it's if they stayed constant for a year. So get in there, um, possibly go in with a goal, right? Mm-hmm. Set an amount and stick to it. Do, don't okay. don't get greedy. Right. So pay attention to the APYs. They're kind of fun. It's kind of one of those characteristics of ohms, but they're made to get people, you know, really interested and draw them in. And, uh, you know, if you're you're getting in there and just waiting, holding out for your five hundred sixty thousand percent, you know, you're not going to get it. Okay, you're telling me that. Yeah. You know, the same (laughs) as any other investment. You have to do your research and figure out what you're getting into and understand that 
big rewards, they they mean that you're taking a huge risk on huge it. Huge risk, yes. But the other question comes to my mind is these projects, they're all talking about this, this kind of a stable pricing. But is it... Are, are, can they manage to sustain the prices there? Yeah, they talk about it. Uh, and it's funny because they're, they're talking about... Uh, because uh, the reserve currency yeah. is always about the stability that I can count on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think maybe that was the original aim. Maybe they didn't know it was going to happen. <laughs> you know, to say every crypto project knows what they're doing. <laughs> right? Um, especially initially. Um, it's pretty all over the place, right? So... The idea is, um, you know, when the market cap drops, they they can use some of the uh, s- some of the currency that they've minted for uh, the organization themselves. Let's say, remember that rebase we were talking about when we were staking. Yeah. Let's say ninety percent of that goes back to the people who are staked. Uh, another, perhaps ten percent, depending on the protocol, uh, would then be you know held by the project themselves and when the market cap drops uh, when 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 things go down they could then uh you know use that and let's say burn it that's right yeah they could also buy back some of the token with money that the the project has made and burn it that way too thus uh you know upping upping the market cap and uh ideally the the price of each token compared to what it was at that time so you're telling me that there are protocols to do buybacks and burning the tokens yeah to be able to sustain the price but it's kind of interesting here not we are not really seeing that i mean yeah, the yeah. numbers are all over the place right um and maybe i don't know i don't understand it properly well well you know maybe maybe it'll get to a point where it does regulate itself and it, and it gets to a point but like i don't know yeah like i guess it's kind of an experiment it is and uh but what we do know is that that you know of course this can't last forever uh, unless, you know, we have every single person and your grandma is talking about Olympus Dow, you know, and she's putting her, her money in there. Well, at that point, it might be time to get out. That's <laughs> but, true. Uh, yeah. Um, you mentioned something about a stag. I just want to kind of know, uh, what does that mean to us as elk folk, folks? And what is the difference? Uh, what, how is it different uh, in a stag compared to the others? So the cool part is uh, Elk at the time of recording is on 16 different chains, right? And one of the things, uh, of course, that Elk is doing, uh, one of our main missions is uh, being a value transfer protocol where you can, you know, have Elk on one chain, send it to another, buy it on one, send it to another uh, without having to go through a centralized exchange and basically being able to buy any token on eventually any chain because our aim is to launch launch on any chain that people are on. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one problem that gets in the way sometimes is the amount of liquidity, especially on smaller chains. OK. Uh, the cool thing that Stag can do uh, for, for us is uh, they can by taking bonds. Remember, we talked about those bonds uh, giving specific liquidity pool tokens mm-hmm. uh, to Stag to Stag to buy the Stag um, gets held, you know, forever in a reserve. Now. When those LP tokens get held forever, a few things happen, right? The more and more LP that gets locked in there, it's it's locked, right? So uh, that means that's permanently lent to our 
uh, decentralized exchange to the Elk Dex at app.elk.finance, right? So um, because it's locked away, it means uh, a, per a more permanent solution uh, for big buys and sells, right? That's right. So we could get whales buying uh, more. We could get people uh, really uh, making those big purchases if, if you know, stag gets off the ground and it's, is, is absolutely, you know, uh, very profitable and people are interested. Um, it's going to be good for stag. It's going to be good for us. Um, and it'll allow for those big buys. So and there's a quite a bit of synergy. Absolutely. And if we can get that launched on multiple chains, ideally all the chains we're on, if, if Stag launches on all of those, um, if the guys decide to do that, and uh, that means that, uh, that, that they have immediate access to all of those chains because that's our DEX is, is everywhere. And uh, it, yeah, I think it could be really, really helpful. That is that is very interesting. Actually, that is very exciting because at first when we were talking about it, uh, talking about the stag, I was not really sure how that could add value. Um, I know I'm putting you on a spot here, Shiloh, but I'm dying to ask this question. Is this a Ponzi scheme? Well, I mean... You, you don't need to... If you feel <laughs> uncomfortable answering that, uh, I totally understand, but... Well, I mean, our thing here is to be be honest, right? And I I don't necessarily think it's perfectly defined as uh, like a, a Ponzi scheme in, in terms of a pyramid. Though there's some of those characteristics, right? If you get in early, you get in right before and the thing is successful. Uh, if the own fork is successful, uh, then you're going to have, you know, a, a probably decent profit, like really good, right? Um and it's 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 interesting when they get big enough at least for some of the the major ohms that i know of like olympus or phantom or you know even uh, templar finance um you know and hopefully stag uh, if they get big enough they seem to somewhat sustain um at least for now though given the the ohm forks these free reserve currencies only date back to uh what is that february 2021 <laughs> yeah. so so it's You're a not new... even one year old yeah yeah exactly so we don't actually know how it ends but what we do know is that there there's really no realistic way that these apys are sustainable forever unless people keep buying right so uh of course, too, you know, as the size of the pool gets really, really big, the rewards decrease. These rebase percentages, the staking percentage that you get back is decreased. Now, if we look at, uh, you know, let's say Phantom uh, that's sitting at like, what, maybe $35 million market cap versus Olympus, which is, what, $1.5 Yeah, that was something like that. Order. Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at that... Um, they like that's a huge market cap already 1.5 billion was it 2 billion you know um so so i mean it would have to keep going up and up and up and up i mean there's certainly room right it, it could happen uh it kind of mimics a pyramid in that way right where we're getting in, in at the bottom is is going to be best but really it, the differences are, are that you can actually sell anytime you would want to 
Um, and even midway through, you don't necessarily have to be early uh, to to make a profit. And that's usually a pyramid scheme. If you got to be a Ponzi scheme, you got to be early and you got to, you know, um, you, you got to get in early, make money off of everyone else and, and then kind of sell. But you can still get in. And I've, I've seen those dips and looked at the charts. You can get in at one point and sell at another. So um, if you are willing to take the risk to get into an ohm, because they can be profitable, make sure you get in during a dip and uh, make sure that you don't get greedy. If you get greedy, you get impulsive, you're scared, you're, you're kind of losing things, um, you know, it can backfire. That's right. right? So and, it goes back to the old school of thinking. Buy fear yeah. and sell greed. Yes. Yeah, ideally. And not financial advice again. But, oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? That was a good one. That's right. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, and it's going to be more uh, risky than, you know, even typical cryptos. So, you know, keep it in mind. Uh, and, and also, we don't know what the end of a successful ohm looks like. Or if or if in the end it can be, you know, success. but we certainly have seen people make quite a bit of profit on it. And there's a reason that people are forking, creating their own uh, ohms, right? Because there is traction and there is interest. So That's as right. long as the market is interested... Um, and you can get in and out when you need to get in and out. Um, you know, there's obviously potential profit to be made. Uh, but you, you're basically going to bet on getting in before the end, right? Yeah, no, that's uh, I think that was a pretty reasonable answer, and mm-hmm. uh, it goes back to again, uh, any other uh, pyramid scheme, yeah. That you have to time it and you have to know where you, when you're getting in and when you're getting out. Yeah, and but like you look at traditional pyramid schemes, it's usually the people who buy in, like especially when you hear about it on Facebook, never really, rarely make a profit. Are you serious? Really, what yeah. Am we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the lady who told me she, I was talking to, she said that I'm going to yeah. be rich. Yeah, yeah. And and but that's the, that's the thing. Like chances are, like there's like a ninety five percent chance you're not going to make money on something like that. Whereas if you buy an ohm fork and it's legitimate, um, you know even if it's midway through, it's possible to you got more than a five percent chance of making a profit, especially if you know when to when to cut your when to to uh, kind of sell and when to buy. Right. So it's it, you can still time it. So so I guess that it's it's pretty risky. Um, so so I guess time will tell as to what that looks like. But what I am excited for is stag and the guys uh, seem to really know what they're doing. And I'm, I, I love that it has a function of deepening our liquidity pools. Um, so so I mean, I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to something they produce. And, and I, I think I always like things with a function. Absolutely. Yeah, so they've got a purpose, and, and sometimes yep. that's different than than something that is just to be. Absolutely. I would love to, maybe a year down the road, if you have this podcast next year, looking back yeah. and see where we are at a year after, because it's definitely a very active market, and there are a lot happening out there. Yeah. 
Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what uh, what happens to an ohm in a bear market. I mean, I can kind of guess, but I, I, I'd, it'd be interesting to see. I, not that I want to see a bear market. Maybe I should knock on wood, but unfortunately, uh, I'm not superstitious, so I won't do it. <laughs> With that, uh, we bring this uh, episode to end. I thank all the uh, people who are part of our community and listening to us, and mm-hmm. uh, we will talk to you in the next episode. Absolutely, and if you've gotten any comments, uh, please reach out on the Elks uh, Elks Telegram. That's uh, t.me slash elk underscore finance underscore chat, and you can DM me directly at ltsnakepliskin. And remember, if you're on there, uh, we will never DM you. Do not respond uh, if if anyone messages you out of nowhere and claims to be from the Elk team. They're definitely a scammer, um, so uh, <laughs> just be careful out there. And we'll see you for episode 11. Have a good one.